Hello, hello, hello. This is the story of Esther in the Bible. Now, the book of Esther is in the Old Testament and it's right after the book of Nehemiah and before the book of Job. I'm going to give a quick recap of the story of Esther. There's 10 chapters in that book and I'll just start giving a recap. So in Esther chapter 1, we're introduced to King Xerxes. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but his name is King Xerxes and he's a powerful king who rules over 127 provinces. And we start this story by him having this massive party big party for the government officials that lasted 180 days and he even extended it by an extra seven days and he had this queen her name was Vashti and what he did he was drunk because they've been partying for so long and he told Queen Vashti or he requested that she comes to display her beauty wearing just her royal crown or turban because the bible says for she was lovely to see and initially um i had heard sarah jake roberts teach about this before and she said that the king requested that vashti come naked and i was like oh my bible version doesn't say that but when i read other versions i did see that he actually wanted vashti to come stack naked wearing just her crown to his officials because he wanted to display her beauty but um, the bible also says that the vashti in their private version says that vashti pleaded to the king not to do this but he refused so the king and his officials looked in the law to see what kind of punishment they would give vashti for disobeying the king's command and then they found none so they created a new law and they demoted vashti and um banned her from ever entering the king's presence that was you know her punishment and this was just the start of the story then in chapter two they search for young beautiful virgins to replace vashti now we're also introduced to the character of mordecai in the bible and mordecai is a jew from the tribe of benjamin and he's the cousin and adoptive father of hadassah who is also known as esther now we're introduced to esther so Esther was placed into the care of a eunuch whose name was Haggai. So Mordecai gave Esther as one of the girls that they were considering to replace Vashti. Um, so she was taken into the care of Haggai. Now she was instructed not to reveal her identity and she did so she obeyed. But there's something that was also notable that she was highly favored she found favor in the sight of the person who was her caretaker and the sight of everyone that she came around she was also obedient she um so in verse 19 to 20 she was crowned queen so they usually would not let the girls go into the king's presence until after 12 months of cosmetic care like wow that's so interesting so 12 months you're doing nothing you're just receiving spa treatments i need that (laughs) but that's what esther received and when it was her time to go see the king she out of all the girls that were you know selected for this process was highly favored and the king gave her the crown but even when she received the crown she still stayed humble she didn't let people know what her true identity was she did not misbehave or do anything she stayed humble and um 
in verse 21 to 23 we see that Mordecai so Mordecai was so close to Esther obviously because he was always at the king's gate probably waiting to you know speak with Esther and in a special one day he was there and he heard of a plot to kill the king which he reported to Esther who in turn reported to the king and then the king um recorded this about Mordecai they recorded this about Mordecai in the records so they would keep records of the things that happened during a king's reign so that's Esther chapter 2 Esther chapter 3 we're introduced to a character called Haman for some reason not specifically said but Haman was honored by the king and since he was honored he demanded or he would or you know I don't know what the case was but it was said that people knelt down and bowed to honor mother to honor Haman but Mordecai that's Esther's cousin refused to do this and in that moment he revealed his identity that he's a Jew and he would only you know worship God um but Haman did not like this at all he wanted to see Mordecai destroyed but also he now desired that Mordecai's people the Jews be killed and destroyed as well so there was this Asian practice as well that they would cast lots to come into the king's presence and Haman selected a day but when he selected that day he made a request to the king that a decree be issued and that in 10 months time all the Jews should be killed. So this is Haman hatching his plot right now. Now in Esther chapter 4, you know, the people receive this decree and they're all sad and they're mourning and they're fasting. They wear their sackcloth to show their state of um, sadness. And Esther is in the palace. She doesn't know what's going on. So Mordecai comes in his sackcloth and he informs whoever is there to let Esther know that this is what's happening. So Esther's initial response was that, you know, there's a process. I can't just go to see the king without him, you know, calling on to me. And that the time that she had to go see him has already passed. And Mordecai made Esther know that, one, she should not assume that she was safe. That though she's a Jew and she's a queen now, she should not assume that she's safe. Because, you know, Haman was really out to get the Jews. And that, too, that even if she doesn't do anything, that God can still send help from somewhere or someone else. And that God had the reason for placing her in her position. So in Mordecai's words, he said, you don't know if... That, that who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this so Esther responded by asking that Mordecai and all the Jews go on a three days dry fast so that she could find favor in you know going into the king's presence and she was also determined to die in the process she said if I perish I perish if I approach the king and he kills me without extending his royal scepter to me so in Esther chapter 5 we see how she boldly went to the king and immediately saw her he found she found favor in his sight and he extended his scepter to her and she came into his presence now you know, in that state where they've told you, you and all your people, you're going to die. And then you meet the one person who can, in quotes, save you. When she got into his presence as the king, King Cersei's, Esther did not just come up and say, you know, king, this is the issue. Please save us. No, God 
highly favored esther such that she not only got his audience but he also you know gave her a blank check in other words he's like you know ask me whatever you want and i will give it to you even if it's half of the kingdom but esther applied wisdom she did not just ask right away that save our people from Haman and his plots to destroy us she was not rushful and for me it just communicated that this person had complete trust in God you know not to just quickly you know lay it all out there anyways um she instead invited the king and Haman to a special dinner (laughs) um but on the other side Haman was still angry about Mordecai you know his anger for Mordecai and his rage was just you know growing so he went to his house and he was telling his friends and his wife and his children about all the things he 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 has achieved in quotes and how the king honored him above every other person and you know and how he's the only one that was even specially invited to Esther's banquet but um he was still angry that Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate in the sackcloth um, and mourning. So his wife <laughs> gave him this advice and said, oh, you know what? Prepare for Mordecai's death and create this gallows. I don't know if you watch all these like old movies, Vikings, where they have gallows. Basically, it's um, like a huge stake where you can you know when you kill a person on so she advised him to create something like that in preparation to kill Mordecai you know what's evil (laughs) anyways in chapter 6 we see how Esther and the king and Haman now are sitting down to have their dinner you know and then during the dinner the king is like he's anticipating Esther's request Esther what is it that you want so and so Esther um Esther says, you know, Esther says, um, just give me one second now. So, no, in chapter six, so, um, sorry, actually in chapter, I rushed to chapter seven, but chapter six basically is that the king couldn't sleep and then he started reading the old records. And as he read the old records, he saw how Mordecai had saved his life from the plot of those who tried to assassinate him. And as um, Haman was coming into the palace, the king said, what do we do for the man who the king delights to honor? Haman was thinking to himself, oh, this must be for me, you know? And then he says, oh, put on a robe, put on your ring and put him on the horse and yell out to everybody on the streets that this is what the king will do for the man he delights in the man the man he delights to honor and you know the king says you know what hey man thanks for that great suggestion you go and do it for Mordecai so they do this for Mordecai well when they're done with that they come back for the banquet with Esther and then Esther leads it all out to the king and says this is what Haman has plotted he wants to kill me and my people and as God will have it when um, the king stormed out in his rage when he heard this he came back and he saw Haman who is you know begging the queen and in in his effort to beg the queen maybe the couch gave way he kind of still fell on esther in a way and the king immediately ordered that he be taken away and hung on the same gallows that he planned to use for Mordecai. that was how haman was killed now but the, the decree was still out there that people should go out and kill the jews so it's like what happens now so in um Esther chapter 8 because the law could not be revoked or overruled the king had to issue a new decree 
that would work in the favor of the Jews. And he said that they could defend themselves against anyone who came against them. And the people were happy, so happy that the other nations became afraid of them. And some people wanted (laughs) to become Jews or some people opted to become Jews. How fascinating. And then in um, Esther chapter 9, the day finally came and the Jews had the upper hand because, you know, God was with them. And what happened was that you know they overthrew the people who came to attack them even the nobles of the provinces and the governors and the king's administrators helped the jews to fight the people that were going to come and kill them and they killed the first day they killed about 500 men and the second so the 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 first day they killed 500 men and Esther pleaded to the king to allow them a second day to completely annihilate these people and then they killed 75,000 men more and you know this was a great victory for the jews such that they created a new holiday called purim you know in to celebrate their victory and then in chapter 10 we're told of how mordecai was second in rank to king Xerxes, and how he was held in high esteem by his fellow jews and other people feared him because of his power yes a lot to unpack but it's a very interesting story and i don't know how much of esther you've heard in your life but the story of esther is very powerful and these are the lessons that I learned and I am sharing to others. One, preparation is key for your day of opportunity or reckoning. I know day to day we're so busy, we're doing so many things, but preparing your mind, preparing your heart daily, you know, it's it, it's going to add up to something one day. There will be a day of reckoning, it will be a day of opportunity, a time of opportunity where you need to show, you know. So... Esther was prepared for her opportunity and that is why she could do all she did. She did not have any outburst of rage, outburst of anger, outburst of emotions. In all that I read, I saw how she was calm and she trusted in God step by step. The second thing which is still corroborating the first thing is that trusting God is always the best plan. In as much as Esther knew that the king favored her, right her trust wasn't solely in that because you see how she went into fasting that was her submitting herself to the power of god and trusting that god will still come through for her and her people the second the third thing is that in places of authority stay humble like that cannot be over like that was esther's lifestyle she was humble even though she was exalted as a queen another a lesson i learned is that we ought to discover or seek out the reason god has blessed us with positions of influence and we ought to use those positions for god's people to help them and to glorify god at the end of the day you can't be a senior manager in a company and that's all about your career or that's all about your job there must be a reason why you are in that position seek it out ask god why am i here and use that position to help those who really need the help around you Another lesson I get is you gain favor by fasting and prayer. When Esther asked Mordecai and the Jews to fast, it was so she could gain favor in the king's sight so that the king would not kill her. So you can gain favor when you pray and fast and you ask God that, God, I want unusual favor. And that was Esther's experience. Another great lesson I learned is obedience and humility can also grant you favor. 
Esther lived a life of obedience because we see when she was crowned queen, she didn't go around revealing her identity. She didn't go around revealing everything about her lifestyle. She didn't go around, you know, doing anything to jeopardize her position. She stayed humble. Her head was down to the ground. She was level-headed and so she could still be useful to God and she found favor still in the sight of everyone. Now, who is God from this story of Esther and this whole the whole 10 chapters the first thing i could say is that god is a strategic being god is super strategic there is nothing that is random with god if you've listened to my last episode the d-o-r-e divinely orchestrated random events there is nothing that is random with god he's strategic in all that he does he removes great people aka vashti and institutes his own people aka esther for a reason so he did this in this situation so that the people would be saved Two, god exalts slash honors men who humble themselves for his people once god sees that your heart is in a position to help the people to serve people and to glorify him he will exalt and honor you there's a proverb that says that god honors those who humble themselves and it's the truth he will another thing i learned about god is god is this this whole story also showed god's caring side he cares about every single detail about his people see even before the day of evil arose god had already made preparations by removing vashti he had already made preparations by using Haman's wife to bring up an idea of creating the gallows he had made preparations by making sure Haman walked in through the door so that Mordecai could be exalted you know God is a God of preparations and prepared blessings another one is that God is not forceful you see where Esther first gave the excuse of, oh, my time to go and see the king has passed. See, God will not force you to do anything, you know. If Esther did not do anything, God would have used someone else just as Mordecai had said. And the last thing about God is this. When you have God, when you trust in God, when you know that you are backed by God, men will fear you. Any man who is against you when you are doing the will of God or, or the plan of God will be afraid of you and you will always have the upper hand over such men. I hope this episode blessed you. Look out for the next um, Bible study, which will be on Jonah thank you and god bless you and i will just summarize with this in all of this this idea was that people would know that god was on the side of the jews i want to ask today is there anyone out there who is not on god's side and who doesn't have god with them you know god is waiting for you like i always say to open your hearts to him he will like i also said today he's not forceful he will not barge into your life he wants you so you know admit that you really need him open your heart to him and he will come in and when he comes in he will be intimate with you and you just need to take that first step by acknowledging that you need him and that you want him to come into your life so i pray that this moves you closer to making that decision in jesus name thanks again and god bless you